Hello, and welcome to TP's Music Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Ford. And I'm Nick Replinger. And you can find us at our website, tpmusictalkpod.wordpress.com. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash tpmusictalkpodcast and other major podcasting platforms by searching for TP's Music Talk Podcast. You can find us on other social media as well, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and others by searching for TP Music Talk Podcast or for TP Music Talk Pod on Twitter. Just look for our logo. And you can also email us at tpmusictalkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have shared playlists on Apple Music and Spotify that you can check out by searching TP's Music Talk Podcast as well. And don't forget to click the link in the description and leave us a voice message on Anchor. And feel free to leave us a message or a review anywhere you're listening. It really helps us out. And don't forget, donations are always appreciated. You can find a link to donate in the description of any of our episodes. No part of our show can be reproduced without permission or written consent. Hey Ryan, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, man. I'm hanging out with McKay. We're going to take a look at his latest engravings and talk about giveaways for I Engrave stuff. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Especially about those giveaways. And you know, I was on the internet the other day and I saw these ads for these other engraving services. And man, their prices are expensive. Yeah, man. A lot of those other engraving companies will charge you up the wazoo for things. But I've noticed that McKay's company, they have items that are priced very reasonably, making it affordable, especially this year, to get a personalized and really impactful gift. Get your parents something that is heartfelt with your signature, or you can even do a letter in your own handwriting on something. Oh yeah, that's right. And you can even send a scan of your handwriting on a letter, and they can engrave it onto a sign, a bottle, or whatever you can think of. The possibilities are endless with them. Yeah, and right now, if you're in the checkout area, you can type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box, and you'll get an extra 10% off. A gift from us. Go to iengravestuff.com today. But yeah, I'm going also you know, um, into your, your writing style. You're saying you, know, you have this huge metamorphosis, and you're writing all these new songs that you feel you know, really passionate about that about your life. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how do you go about writing your lyrics? And do you like write the lyrics first or you do instrumentals first? Or what's your whole process? I love talking about this with other people because everyone is really different when it comes to it. And I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. I write lyrics. I write lyrics first. It's lyrics and a melody. That's it. I want to be, I pride myself in my lyrics more than anything. And I'm becoming really, really proud of the instrumentals and the music. And, um, you know, I've learned to produce, which is a really beautiful thing. But the most important thing to me will always be the lyrics. I want to, as cheesy as it sounds, I want to be a poet. I love poetry. I love, there's like alt, there's like alt poetry that exists. That's like Andrea Gibson and Buddy Wakefield and all of these people who are doing this different type of poetry that I love and I want to be a part of that. And when I write my lyrics, it's to a cadence. When I'm, when I'm coming up with lyrics, it's coming out with a cadence and that's how the melodies come. And I sing a lot in my car when I'm doing it, but then I take that melody and those words and throw them on top of a chord progression, get my bedroom song together and then start building on top of it. And I know people who do the complete opposite. Like Josh does the complete opposite. He writes all of the instrumentals and then he ends with writing the lyrics. Yeah. Which in my mind is crazy. Like (laughs) I'm writing a story and I've, I've realized it through the different types of music I was raised on. 
I've, I've really learned to understand it is my songwriting style is very much similar to country music. So country music is storytelling. It's, you know, there's not, there's maybe not a bridge in the songs. It's, you know, verse one, verse two, like an American Pie situation. You know what I mean? Mm, Where it's yeah. just all of these chunks of verses thrown together is like, I've really realized that's the way that I write is this like storytelling situation. Yeah. But all of my songs are so personal to me. Everything is so personal to me. And to the point where if I feel like I've hit a dead end, and like, I can't, I don't have anything to say in that moment. I've started um, reading and then writing songs based on, you know, the, the main character's perspective. So oh, like yeah. their, you know, their story of what's going on around them instead of what's going on around me. But it all has to be personal in a way. I'm not, I can't write like, I'm bad at writing vague lyrics. This song that I just released, End of the World, is the most vague lyrics I have ever released. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I wouldn't even have found them vague to, no, while listening yeah. to them. So. Yeah, that's what I told that. her, too. Um, I, I thought it was really great. Um, I, I, I think that the lyrics are very meaningful and, like, very, I, I don't know, it's not like your typical, and, and not to be, like, you know, I, I love pop music, but, you know, some pop songs can be a little repetitive, uh mm -hmm. with with the lyrics and stuff and i i didn't find that at all with your with your newest single here yeah my mom always says that i need to write things more relatable because <laughs> <laughs> i'm constantly just like i did this and you did this and we did this and it's always so metaphorical of blah 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 and she was like why can't you just write like watch the end of the world with me boom everyone can relate to that. <laughs> well no i i can understand that though because like uh i don't know i feel like i i couldn't write lyrics to save my life but if i did i think i would be very much the same way i would want it to be deep and personal and yeah. uh something that means a lot to me because like if i'm going to be touring and singing the same song over and over and over mm -hmm. i want it to mean something and uh mm -hmm. you know I, I don't really even necessarily care if other people get it some of the time yeah you, same. You know, I, I feel like that's kind of how I would be but and do you feel like your creative processes are similar to other musicians and artists I think so I mean I don't know other artists exact way of doing things I think recently I have been really trying to not hold myself back whatsoever in in like when it comes to creativity and, and art is I've always wanted to create these little worlds so like i love like david byrne right and david byrne creates this giant story like set wise and um like dancers wise and like i don't necessarily want dancers but i love the idea of creating an entire world an entire piece of art and just a part of that is a song and so like i sent you the video that i'm releasing and that i believe is part of this story yeah. of you know, this, you know, this video of like, let's spend the last day on earth together to this song to even, you know, the artwork for this project. Like I created all of the artwork for this. This is all, you know, my painting, my collage, my, my everything, all of the promo pictures I made, I edited the video. Like this is something that I've created that is all encompassing, which I think is so important when it comes to a song. Yeah. And I've been plotting out everything I'm doing after this. And I have these little worlds that I'm creating. And I don't necessarily know if there's other artists that do that. I mean, like you could go the obvious route and be like, Kanye West makes worlds. 
but it's I think a little different. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree. I, I mean, mm. I think so anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, like it, it almost kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, kind of like a concept album or something where, <laughs> where they just build a world and, and a storyline and you kind of just get to follow it. Um, exactly. Like the, the gorillas is very much, yeah. is very much like that. That's yeah. funny. The gorillas has an entire story behind what they're doing. And the gorillas also messes with something I love that's projectors on stage is they're actually sh- like projecting the gorillas the characters of the girls the cartoons with the music like it's it's its own entire world over there with them wow. and you know i want to i want to create that i truly do i think it's it's easier for somebody to get soaked inside of a song if it's all around them rather than just like going into their ears i don't know if that makes sense but no no, no that makes perfect sense i mean for me you know i'm a musician too when I listen to music, you know, whether it's just for fun or, or anything like that. I prefer music, you know, kind of like music that you write, where you have a story that you're wanting to tell rather than just something mm-hmm. that I can listen to for like maybe 30 seconds and bounce along to and then just be done yeah. with it. I like reading into the lyrics, seeing like what the artist has gone through because most of the time they do have a story behind mm-hmm. it. And to me, it makes that song all that much more meaningful. And sometimes I even relate to it, which makes me love it even more. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just a different type of music as well. It's like the music that I make, I, and like, I know even when I perform it, I am in my own world. I close my eyes. I am in front of that mic. I hear my own voice and then I just start to swim inside of it. Like I'm in my own head. Everyone, everyone always makes fun of me for closing my eyes when I sing. They're like, you need to open your eyes. You need to open your eyes. Like, no, that's silly. Like you're going to, you're going to take me out of the zone if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's understandable. Yeah. It's a whole different type of music because there's a huge difference in putting on a bop and, you know, doing dishes in your kitchen and dancing around to getting absorbed by a song. And that's one of my favorite feelings in the entire world. It's it's unbeatable. It's my favorite feeling in the entire world is being in front of people, singing them something that means everything to me and just being able to hear a pin drop and hearing everyone in that pool with me. Like everyone is just swimming in those lyrics with me in that moment with me. And that's, you know, something entirely different than you know, running around your house, dancing to whatever. It's it's a whole different brand of anything. It's a whole different breed of anything is songs like that. And it's my favorite. So to this day, I still love going to coffee houses and like open mic nights, like just really, really amateur open mic nights because there's always at least one person that, you know, starts singing and, and you're able to just close your eyes and go into it. And it, it's my favorite. It's my favorite feeling in the entire world. Yeah, I feel Always like will. you described that so well, I think. And it, yeah, and not to say that those other types of music don't have their place. Like yeah. I, I would say, yeah, like my wife, she she's very much on the opposite spectrum as me. I think like she she likes to just, you know, do dishes and listen to music and, and have a bop. And, you know, it, I, I guess me myself, I personally prefer the more personal and not that there's anything wrong with, you know, finding something that, that's, a, that's a total bop too. I yeah. mean, but yeah. I think every, you know, piece of music has its own place and on its own time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're only listening to it, just, you know, just for that, you know, that fun, good feeling, you're going to miss out on a whole other world. That's just, absolutely, it's, it's amazing. It's magical. You're going to miss out on a big part of what music should be experienced like. 
yeah yeah can be experienced like i mean don't get me wrong like i will 90s r&b my way all around the world but (laughs) there's a difference between you know listening to like 90s r&b and listening to phoebe bridgers like there's there's just a big difference there and like even like taking it for like further even doing like rock music like freaking out to eagles of death metal in your house is different than listening to phoebe bridgers like you make the decision when you want to listen to music that crawls inside of you that's something that you decide to do you put on your headphones and you're like okay let's go right (laughs) yeah um and um, (laughs) to kind of get more into like you know the present a little bit here can you tell us more about your current and uh, you can even talk more about your past projects if you want and and the creative uh or the creation and creative processes uh that came into play with those yeah well i mean like you said i have i have three three different things that i've released Welcome to the Variety Show was right after I got off the show. It was, I personally do not think it's a great record. Obviously, there's going to be, my grandma would tell you differently. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> she, she loves it. It got, uh, the CD got stuck in her car. She can't figure out how to get it out. So she listens to that CD every single day driving to work, which I think is hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But before that, I released something and I just recently went back to this. I hadn't really thought about it. But I posted something on probably Facebook or something about my new music. And I was like, this, these are the first songs that I feel like are genuinely me. And somebody commented on it and they're like, excuse me, love song number three is still one of my favorite songs. And I was like, holy shit, I made this album in 2012, maybe. I think it was 2012. Yeah. And I made it on, I recorded it on voice memo on my iPhone in oh, my okay. parents' basement. And like in the background, you can hear my mom like cheering for a hockey game. Like it's it's <laughs> really it's like in in my room at my parents' house, it's the basement, and there's all these pipes everywhere. And you can like hear when the toilet flushes, like all the pipes kind of rattle. Yeah. And like it's all over the background of that CD. But it's <laughs> I was on a writing streak at the time. I was living out of my car for part of it. I was just traveling as much as I possibly could. I would go to gas stations and when I whenever I ran out of gas I just drive up and down the east coast and like to Chicago and Philly and all of them and I would get to a gas station ran out of gas go up to people at the pumps with my ukulele and go hey can I play you a song and if you like it you give me five dollars and if you don't like it I'll give you five dollars I never had to give anyone money and really? that's, that's how I filled up my gas tanks in my car. So like I was just writing all of these crazy songs on my ukulele, traveling around. And I went back home to visit and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to record all of these. And I went back and listened to this record and it holds up. Like it's obviously me in my parents' basement with these really outrageous songs. But I listened to it. I was like, this is pretty freaking good. <laughs> like yeah. B-side, like just like cult cd that exists only on Bandcamp. it's not even on spotify anywhere but i found out that that Bandcamp album actually went places like i found a video of like a little girl covering uh love song number two and the whole track list on it is love song number one through love song number six so those six songs yeah um a song kind of about love a song almost about love a song not quite about love a sad song about love and another sad song about love. That's the whole track list. There are no names for anything. It is just 
it's a really ridiculous yeah. album it's a really ridiculous album i used to wrap them up in little paper bags and put little sticker labels on them and sell them to people really give them to people i just gave them all away i was like listen to it please but yeah from that all the way to here in my life i freaking did it guys i got here after mm-hmm, yeah. hey i love you songs and stuff on the ukulele on band camp i got here and i got given the best thing that anyone could ever give me which is teaching me how to produce my own music what a concept like i everything i've done i've done i haven't known how to do studio work before like just this past year was the first time i guess two years was the first time i ever went into a studio because everything i've done has notoriously been one take on a reality show you have one tape. That is one performance oh, right. on yeah, uh, yeah. postmodern on postmodern jukebox. Those are live shows for tour. That's one performance. Even our videos that we record are notoriously two take performances. We we do a take. Everyone goes around the room and goes, "Yep, I'm good with that. Yep, I'm good with that. Yep, I'm good with that." If everyone's good, done. That's the video. Yeah. Like we don't we don't do re recordings on those. You don't punch in on those. There's no comping on those. Like, but going into a studio I had never done and it freaked me out because I had to listen to the same thing over and over and over and over again and I'm already weird about listening to my own music and listening to my own voice it already kind of makes me squirm a little bit I think everybody kind of gets like that oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 it's hard like they know when we're messing with my songs Josh and Mike know to tell me to leave the room if they're just going to be playing vocals naked with no other instrumentals in it. If it's just the vocal track, they're like, step out for a second because they know I will lose my mind. I hate it. (laughs) But it was the first time I got to actually work in a studio and actually do, you know, 20 takes of something and find the best ones and comp vocals together. And I learned how to do all of this. I learned how to, you know, do a 14 input drum recording. I'm learning as much as I possibly can. I want, I'm, I always want to be a sponge. I always, I always explain myself like I'm a sim and I'm just like collecting skill points everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah, go. Like I just, I want to know how to do everything. Teach me how to, you know, change my oil. Teach me how to record drums. Teach me how to grow fucking tomatoes, like whatever. I just want to know how to do everything. Yeah, knowledge and now is power. I get to, now I get to do it with music and I'm learning how to record everything myself. And I taught myself Logic Pro. So I'm like working on that right now so I can actually record demos by myself. And I have the tools now. And if, if you're recording with people, your own original music, if someone else is helping you and, and producing it with you, it's going to have their influence on it, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, yeah. mm-hmm. their their vibe is going to wiggle its way in there, Right. you know, whether you know it or not. And this is the first time that it's just me. I don't have any other influence going into this. And I've always been bitter, I think, about access to studios and access to tools when it comes to music. Like, I, you know, I didn't have money for a very long time. I couldn't afford studio time. That's so expensive. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt like I had... hard. I had the talent, I had the songs, I had the voice, I had everything I needed. I had the passion behind that. And I didn't have anything professional to be able to do it with. And like, even on like a Billie Eilish scale, I didn't know how to do logic. I didn't know how to do any of that. And this is the first time that I'm like, 
holy shit. Like I actually was given everything I've always wanted and always needed. And at this point now in my life, like I have no excuses and I am in light speed. Like I finally have been given these things and I'm like, oh my God, I have all of these songs that I can actually record and release. And like, you know, I have three so far and they're just getting bigger and bigger and, and I'm settling into what I'm doing more and more. And I am capable of now doing something like end of the world, like this last release, which now has a music video involved in it. And I'm able to actually create things and, and do my songs justice is kind of what it feels like. Like these songs deserve more. They deserve more than me. They deserve more than anything. Like these songs are, are genuine, genuine things or poems. They're, you know, something that, deserves more and i finally get to you know provide that for them yeah. at this point well yeah it's, it's, it's crazy <laughs> you have the talent and the passion and, and you had everything you just needed to know how to do it and and be given the the chance and the tools you needed mm-hmm. and now you have that. Mm-hmm. yeah i i can relate to that a lot and i can definitely relate to editing vocals or or just editing people's yeah. voices because oh my gosh having to listen to your own voice for hours and hours at a time is terrible. oh my gosh terrible oh my gosh oh. you saw the music video right i did yeah i'm excited to it we, we had saved that for the end we were going to talk to you about it it's funny when i brought it up i i think i watched it two nights ago and when i brought it up for some reason i couldn't get it into full screen so i was watching on my uh-huh. phone but it was only like an inch and a half of my phone that was <laughs> but i i loved it and it isn't where you're sitting right now wasn't that in the music video like weren't you in? yeah so this is this is my apartment like the whole point of that video was you know i was sitting with john who does who recorded the video and he was like i wish everyone could just see you right here in your element it's like we were sitting on the couch and i was like you know what let's do that then why not let's just do a day let's do a day and you know it's just us waking up here making coffee uh my bunny makes her big debut my bunny is in it yep yeah, uh, <laughs> and then us just packing up and driving out into the desert and just having you know a little end of the world party in the desert and talk about editing Woo! having to edit that video and just stare at myself like i'm i'm a superhero now man i (laughs) i pushed past every insecurity i could ever possibly have because going through eight hours of footage of myself and like realistically picking out the best versions of myself like the best pieces yeah wow that was that was humbling that was well, and I, I love Ooh. how you made him the coffee because like, I, you know, if it's my last day on earth, like I can make you a cup of coffee. Like, I, I don't know. It was it was just so I, I'm excited to get into it. I, I don't want to do it just yet. Um, it, Let's see. We've got a couple other questions here. I, I don't mean to derail this, but no, um, well, I wanted to ask one question, though, um, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, you said you know, you're finally producing your own songs and music and music videos and everything. But do you have something from the past that you're just really proud of like that? You consider that your number one song that you're most proud of? from my past um yeah I have I have a few actually I have like that hey I love you album I officially now I'm just going to be so proud of like that album Mm -hmm. it's so raw and it's so it's just me hammering out these these songs on a ukulele and just like spitting spitting poetry man like there it that song's blunt 
these songs are blunt. Like there is no beating around the bush. It is the very blunt lyrics, but off of uh, welcome to the variety show, there's a song called your sister's friend that I am still very, very proud of. And I, I think that's the most I was involved in the creation of a song was that one. And we got to make that one actually pretty big, but yeah. And then part of me will always be, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud of my jazz songs. I, I really am. I, I've gotten to the point now in my life where it's been so long since I've done them that I enjoy doing them again. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Instead of just like, Oh crap, I have to do these jazz songs again. I do, like, these don't represent me, blah, blah, blah. I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, Oh, okay. I make my own music, but like, Hey, I'm also pretty good at this jazz thing. And I haven't done this song in a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's flex. Let's flex my jazz vocals for a second. (laughs) But yeah, I think that that whole, Hey, I love you album really just shocked me when I listened back to it. I'm extremely proud of that record from when I was what 20, I was 19. I was 19 when I did that record. And it is, woo, I'm 31 now. It was 19. That's crazy. <laughs> well, and it's it's funny how people get so wrapped up in like quality and, and like, uh, I actually really like it. Like uh, the only example I can think of right now, and this is probably a poor example, but um, like Mac Miller, he has a, uh, mm-hmm. I think it started as a mixtape. It was called Faces. It was like my favorite mixtape I've ever heard. I used to listen to it all the time. And a lot of people kind of said like, well, he's so weird in it. And it's so like, it's it's just so different. And the the quality isn't as good because it wasn't like released under a label or whatever. And But that's not why that's I listened. That's pretty genuine stuff. It, exactly. It, it was the, the yeah. genuineness and just, and so, you know, when you describe that album, that's kind of what it seems like to me is like, mm-hmm. yeah, it may not be something that's modern and and in the now like like what you're doing but you know you're still proud of it because it meant a lot to you and still means a yeah lot. yeah all of those songs are just so the lyrics are just so blunt and it like it it's an entire look into what my life was at that time like of me just sitting on bathroom floors with my ukulele writing songs just nonstop. like it's such a good window into who i was at that point in time and yeah yeah i i am so happy that i re-listened to that album because it's so raw it's so it's voice memo raw well and people but those songs still hand this still hold up you know what i mean like it's not what i write now but those songs have some blunt lyrics they are not for the week of heart I see. <laughs> well and i'm sure people will go back and listen to it now and and you know they'll probably feel the same way that you do like i'm yeah i know i'm like, no, i wanted to go back and to listen to it now so. i know like now i'm yeah. curious like and so what kind of music do you listen to uh in your spare time like what do you listen to mm. i listen to you know what i'm gonna this is one of my favorite things to do i'm gonna pull up my spotify Oh yeah. And we're going to see what we're going to see what pops up. I've been in this like bubble grunge phase lately. Um is Spotify decided to create a genre this year called bubble grunge. Bubble grunge. <laughs> oh really? And everyone saw uh, yeah, everyone saw it on their like what is it? Like yearly wrap up or whatever that is, and everyone saw it and just went, "What the hell is bubble grunge?" <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I don't but know Spotify it Apple sense. Music. What it's, is bubble grunge? It's kind <laughs> of it's kind of my music. It starts off with this like I don't know. It starts off with this really small, I hate using the word singer songwriter because 
I part of me will always think that that is like a weird sexist thing. Like if if someone is singing quietly, if a man is singing quietly in a band, they're ne- they're never referred to as singer songwriter. It's not a thing. But the second you have a woman come out with an acoustic guitar, Cheryl Crow, Cheryl Crow can fucking slam, but she's mm-hmm. singer songwriter. Like it's it's just a word that kind of applies to everything um, everything we do, but. Bubble Grunge starts off as quote unquote singer songwriter, and then by the end of it, it's just slamming on guitars. So like Bubble uh, Grunge. Okay, ah. okay, makes oh. sense. Yeah. So all right, what we got on here? I got Saint Vincent, huge, huge influence of mine. Oh. Okay. I hope that all of these bands are like. I hope that you know at least one of them. Um, let's see, Lucy Dacus is who I want to open for. That is my like goal right now. Is oh. to open for her. Um, I listen to a lot of like drag queen music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like like RuPaul and like Doja Cat. Whenever I'm trying to like pump myself up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Santa Gold, big one for me. Have you have you heard of any of these? This is uh, so far. Not, I, oh, I've heard of Doja Cat. But I've never listened to Doja Cat, yeah. but I've everyone, heard of this Vincent. always happens. I I listen to really. And I always think it's like well known. I'm like, oh, everybody knows this band. The Tune Yarns, anyone know? I don't no. think I've heard of them. No, no. It's all gonna be okay. Blondie. I've Boom. heard of Blondie. Yeah, yeah. yeah of big course. influence, <laughs> Blondie. Big influence. And then I'm gonna say the biggest influence for me is this band called Manchester Orchestra. I Manchester Orchestra heard and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Do you know who they are? Yeah, yes, they do that Maps song. It was on it was on Guitar Hero, so everyone found out who they were. But those two bands, I heard them when I was in middle school, and it was the first time I ever said, this is my favorite band. This is, I will consider this, if anyone asks me, this is my favorite band. And to this day, both of those bands squashed together is the music I make. It likes, it is insane how similar the music is to just those favorite bands. If those be- those bands were to have a baby, that's it. That's me. Yeah. Um, and then I always huge fan of like 60s girl groups, the Ronettes, the Supremes, any of that kind of stuff. And then I was raised, I was raised on really bizarre music. So like my mom gave me a Billie Holiday greatest hits CD when I was younger and I fell in love. I was obsessed. I sang the song Easy Living in my room so many freaking times. But <laughs> Billie Holiday, huge influence. Etta, Etta James, huge influence. But then at the same time, my mom was like 80s hair metal woman. Oh, and so yeah, yeah. like Guns N' Roses and oh, Sticks yeah. and yeah. all of that was, you know, thrown in my direction. And then also my family's from Texas. So, you know, like Patsy Cline and uh, Dolly Parton and mm-hmm. all of those influences worked its way into my world. And then, crap, you have, you know, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin were also, when I was younger, I was obsessed. And then Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, like there's all of these influences that when I really, really think about it, squish themselves into me, which I think is another reason it's really hard to classify my genre. Yeah. is because there are these my voice naturally does this jazz thing but then i also like big drums like these 80s like metal bands i love these huge drum hits yeah. but then my songwriting style is very country and then like vocally i'll start to do this you know lauren hill thing at times 
God forbid me for saying that. I immediately <laughs> take it back. But like all of these genres just squashed in to one. And now all of a sudden there's this, this thing happening where the music that I make is actually making its way into the mainstream and making its way onto the radio. You have people like, like Courtney Barnett and then Phoebe Bridgers just did uh, Saturday Night Live SNL. That was a huge deal. She broke open the door on Saturday Night Live by doing bubble grunge. She's oh. saying this really beautiful, you know, sad, ethereal, light vocal song. And then the entire performance ended with her destroying her guitar onto an amplifier. Oh, yeah. And sparks <laughs> flying. That sounds she opened metal. the world to this brand new brand of music that now is wiggling its way into the radio. And like, I think there's this thing happening with, with women in in rock and roll that's happening on the radio i mean you have you have willow in this paramore situation like when did that happen how did that become a thing is like this weird early 2000s rock and roll is back on the radio right now it's weird the radio is weird right now <laughs> yeah no it totally is i i couldn't agree more like you get a little bit of everything and i think like uh yeah, I don't know what what was it? Uh, Hip hop goes punk, sort of thing there for a minute. Yeah, and like uh, yeah. yeah. But I I love it. I love that people are trying new things again, and because I feel like there for a good few years it was just kind of more of the same. What you know, I love all mm-hmm. kinds of music, and and I don't mean to be that way, but like I love that people are trying new things with it again, and and it's so cool. I, I love asking people that question because you always like. For one, I always find tons of different bands that I need to look up and listen to, um, which I'm definitely going to have to. Yeah, please yeah, do. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I found out, sorry, about Disperse by, uh, it, well, from JJ. He he got me interested in Disperse and now yeah. I listen to them like on the daily lately. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I love that question. And then is there a particular artist that you look up to, you know, that you really admire or, or do you admire like a artist creative process, like, like a specific artist? Realistically, my hero, and again, this is going to be somebody that you guys have never heard of, but it's the creator and singer of the band, the Yeah Yeah Yes. Her name is Karen O. She used to their biggest record is called fever to tell is one of the best records of all time in my opinion i think it'll in a good number of people's opinion that's a pretty good record and she was you know climbing the rafters at shows and chugging whiskey and breaking shit and was just this crazy punk rock girl like just badass like she was such a badass and her vocals are crazy all over the place and then she grew up and started creating children's music and actually did the entire soundtrack to the Where the Wild Wild Things Are movie. Oh, really? And oh, okay. has kind of moved into this other direction, which I think is so beautiful. It shows just aging so well, in my opinion, of going from this like crazy punk rock to like still making music, but it being these like, you're taking these melodies that you had loud drums behind and you're putting a piano behind it. And you're you're changing the instrumentals of the music you're making but it's still the music that you're making um and then uh i would say emily haynes from the band metric she huge huge influence she did have you ever seen scott pilgrim oh yes i love that movie yeah Uh (laughs) right so so envy adams the song that she does in it like for the big performance was written by 
written by Metric. So it's their music. Oh, no way. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Metric and uh, Beck actually do that entire soundtrack together. It's crazy. Oh, I didn't know Beck was on Yeah, Yeah, cool. Beck does the whole that. soundtrack along with Emily Haynes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Also, Beck. I'll just say Beck. Yeah, man. Beck can literally do anything. And oh, we're just Beck like, is... cool. Cool, yeah. it's Beck. Right. That's like, yeah. I'm going to make a rap album. We're like, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> we all just accepted it at this point. I don't know what happened. Yeah, Be- Beck is really cool. I, I listen to Beck a lot. Um, uh, yeah, lots of really, really bold, old school rock and roll female musicians who have changed their melodies and their instrumentals to still reflect themselves, but um, for a different audience at this point, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they definitely evolve over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And are there any like recent project releases from other artists that you've been excited about? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm not sure. I kind of stay in like, I go in these holes of old music, to be honest with you. So I would say maybe like the Linda Lindas are this band that are all, they're probably like 15 now. But it's this all-girl band. They're kids. They're like 14, 15. And they're playing amazing music. (laughs) And I can't can't wait for them to see everything that they're doing moving forward. Like they're just this random, please go look at them after this interview. They're called uh, the Linda Lindas. And they have a video for a song called Growing Up. And they're just kids. They're kids that like their drummer is so badass. And I want them, I want to watch them grow up. I think that's, that's pretty much it. I don't really keep up with like new records from people to be very honest with you. I get stuck on old ones until the new ones pop up on Spotify and I try it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. We actually hear that a lot from people. Um, and yeah. Even myself lately, like I try and, you know, stay with, with the new music that's coming out as much as I can, but I, I'm kind of, I have my comfort music that I listen to, you know, like yeah. albums that I always go back to or songs. You no, know? no, I, I'm, I am too. Like a lot of my music's either my parents' music, you know, from the seventies and the eighties, or it's my music from the nineties and the two thousands. And then maybe a few modern things here and there. And it's also kind of funny because I just went, me and my wife, we went and saw Goo Goo Dolls. They came here to Utah. We saw them, and uh, it was kind of funny because you know Goo Goo Dolls have been around for quite a while, and he played some newer stuff and some older stuff too, and the crowd was cheering for all the older stuff. And it's like, wow, this is an older crowd. You guys actually know these songs, yeah. Like, so <laughs> yeah. pretty great. I was raised on the Goo Goo Dolls. My mom, huge fan, huge fan. Fantastic. Blue October was there as well. Yeah, that um, was another oh! uh, bu- uh, check mark off a bucket list. I loved Blue October in high school, so. I love that. This is a, yeah, I haven't heard these names in a while. I love that. Yeah. And then, uh, it, do you, and this, this question, I really need to figure out a better like metaphor for this question, but um, <laughs> do, do you have any quirks? And, and the example that I always use, and it isn't really a good example, but it, for instance, like Eminem, he's a rapper and there is a rumor that when he goes to a hotel, he has to wrap tinfoil around all of his windows because he's afraid that the paparazzi is somehow going to be able to photograph him through the windows. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Are there any like weird kind of quirks that you have or, you know, do you have to say something to yourself before you go out on stage or, you know, something like that? Um, no, I, when I was on the show, I used to put on headphones right before I performed and listen to this song by the Tune Yards. And 
it like it's just kind of a crazy song it's like a pump up song it's kind of rock and roll in a way it's it's bizarre but i used to blast it in my ears right before i performed as like this way of reminding myself like this is what you actually like <laughs> this is the music you actually like and this is what you actually do you're just going on here to do this song it's all good um yeah but before shows i don't really think so i still get really nervous before shows way more so now i've only done I think three or four shows sober at this point. That was a whole thing. It's like performing sober after performing drunk my entire life was really bizarre. Yeah. Um, but I have quirks when I sing. That's a thing. I, if, when I'm playing guitar, I stomp my feet a lot. I like kind of run in place a lot. And mm -hmm. then when I'm just singing without an instrument, and they even did this on the show with me. They called my ass out on it. They, they said crab hands is what it's called. Crab hands, and okay. I'll hold my hands up and kind of flick my fingers out. Like oh, okay. I sing with my hands. Everything is very um, like in your face. I move my hands around a lot, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing it like in the camera, like someone's going to be able to see me. Um, <laughs> but I, I move my hands. I sing with my hands, which is something that everybody has kind of made fun of me for i've gotten uh, uh everybody calls me joe cocker <laughs> <laughs> well i gotta twitch my whole body around like a weirdo but no i don't really have any like before show after show i used to when i was on jazz tours do the like health thing before you go on which is like a shot of there's like a tiny bit of whiskey tea lemon juice honey crushed oh, up ibuprofen like a throat and, coat sort of thing yeah it's yeah. a throat coat yeah and so it's like the honey like kind of sticks to your throat when it's going down and then the ibuprofen uh stops your throat from getting swollen mm -hmm. and then you do like a tiny bit of vitamin c powder in it as well it's kind of just like a shock to the system that like wakes you up and makes you able to sing if you're on tour which you know you can get very tired your voice can get really tired yeah, blah man, blah blah yeah. i heard that mary j blige melts down gummy bears and takes them like a shot before singing how crazy no is that way. that is crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i heard um that the singer uh gerard way for my chemical romance i deliver weed to him no way what I deliver weed to him yes dude okay so i did <laughs> uh -huh. welcome to, to the black parade yeah. <laughs> one of my pmj songs is welcome to the black parade he commented on the video so he's seen the video yeah. And then I work at a delivery only dispensary here in LA. So I um, do customer service. I talk to old ladies all day about weed. Um, and then I route drivers around the city, like little, like a little puzzle. Uh, and yeah. he ordered and I saw the name and I was like, no way. And I, you know, sent the thing to get his ID. And I saw his ID and I was like, holy shit, this is That's Gerard really him. Oh my gosh. Oh my wow. God. So now I only give um, his deliveries to drivers who actually know who he is. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. they, can just just so like, they can like fanboy over it. And like, That's I don't so tell cool. Them yeah. Oh, oh so it's a surprise when they, they go deliver. The huh? They just hit the task, not thinking it's actually Gerard Way. And then Gerard Way, creator of Umbrella Academy, the man Gerard Way. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, Love I heard um, early on in his career, it, I mean, maybe he still does it. I don't know. But he used to do something like that, kind of a throat coat that sort of thing. But wow, that is yeah, so cool. Smart. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's smart when uh, when you're on tour, especially because your voice can get real tired. And especially, I'm sure the band like his, he's screaming. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's got to be, that's got to be yeah. rough. 
Plus, his his range is just disgusting. It's crazy. I know. He's, yeah. he's a talented he's, guy. <laughs> I think he's very underrated. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed the second segment of our conversation with Joey Cook. We wanted to let you know that the third and final segment will be out August 27th of 2022. And we hope that you'll tune in and listen. Thank you.